end up here. We end up here on the boat, and it says, Then he got into a boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. Granted, he had a big few days. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. And there's a, don't you, uh, it says, we're perishing. But there's another version that says, don't you care that we're perishing? I don't know if you've ever been in a situation in life that things are going on and you feel like you've just got a sleepy Jesus in your life. Like, Jesus, can't you tell what's going on here? We've got the wind and the waves and the boat, we're filling up, Jesus. But how absurd is it for us to say to Jesus, don't you care that we're perishing? The whole reason he's on that boat, the whole reason he's there is because he's come to save humanity. And, how, and we're going, save us, wake up. Anyway, so Jesus, Jesus gets up and he says to them, oh, why are you so fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Then he arose, rebuked the wind and the seas, and there was great calm. So the men marveled, saying, who can this be that even the wind and the waves obey him? And I actually, in India, I did preach a sermon from this from this uh, passage, and I, I preached on, is he really Lord? Do you know who's on your boat? And I could preach a whole sermon about, do you know that he's Lord? But the thing that sort of got my curiosity today is, how does Jesus sleep in the storm? Lord Jesus, as I come today, God, I come today in direct attack against the spirit of fear and timidity in this place, God. I pray, God, that today, Lord, there will be a breakthrough in lives right now, God. God, that people that have wrestled with anxiety, God, people that have been stressed, God, by the enemy, that have been uh, pressed on every way. Lord God, I pray right now, God, as I preach this sermon, God, that, that things would shift in the atmosphere, Lord God. I'm going to preach on wrestling for rest. How is it that Jesus sleeps on the boat? And you know, so much of what we can do is we can just read the New Testament and just dismiss the things that Jesus is doing because, oh, well, he does those things because he's God. Oh, well, he, of course, Jesus sleeps on the boat because he's God. Of, of course that he heals the sick. He's God. But if we do that, if we just go to the next slide, just take that in for a second. Jesus got splinters. If we just dismiss Jesus as God, and he is God, fully God, but he's fully man. That on that boat, he sleeps fully man. And that he gets splinters was just my way of going, you know, we need to break it down a little bit. That when they whipped him, he bled. When they pressed the crown of thorns in his forehead, he bled. He hurt. He, he took on humanity for us. We can't dismiss that. I think Jesus' expectation for us is a supernatural life. That we are expected, despite the storms, despite the boat filling up, what if, what if the disciples had taken a different approach? What if they had been on that boat and they looked at Jesus, they kept their eyes on Jesus, had, they, they knew, they've been walking with him. They've been walking with the miracle man. They've been walking with the Savior. What if on that boat, as it's filling up, they look at Jesus and go, if the pillow's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. Jesus is not stressed out by your situation today. 
Jesus is at complete rest. He is the Prince of Peace. That the Bible says that his peace, it can guide us through our lives. Who believes that in this place? But who knows that we have to wrestle for it? That we have to lay hold of it. That, that he who keeps his mind set on the things of the Lord, he will, God will keep that man who sets his mind on the Lord in perfect peace. I've really known anxiety. If we just go to the next slide. Oh, yeah. So where are we there? I think we might have jumped a slide. Did we? Yeah. Okay. Jump, jump to the next slide. So I've, I've really known anxiety in my life. I've known what it is to be anxious. And I had a season in my life where I was, I, I, I'd been through a lot. I'd had a tough season. And, and, you know, you have those anxious seasons in your life. And a friend of mine said this to me. He says, God's peace is as tangible as anxiety. And it's like, you look at, oh, is that a negative? Is that a positive? What it's saying to you is you can feel God's peace. You can actually feel God's peace. That peace, the peace of God that guides us in our life isn't just the absence of stress. Isn't just the absence. It's walking through that torn veil and into the presence of Almighty God, entering boldly into the throne room of God. Lisa, can I get you to read something for me. Have we got a mic? Can we get a mic on Lisa? If we just go back to that scripture now. Oh, he's onto it, man. He's like right with me. It's echoey. Okay. Hebrews 4.1. Yep. Go for it. For as long then as that promise of resting in him pulls us onto God's goal for us, we need to be careful that we're not disqualified. We receive the same promises as those people in the wilderness. But the promises didn't do them a bit of good because they didn't receive the promises with faith. If we believe, though we'll experience, we'll experience a state of resting. But not if we don't have faith. Remember that God said, exasperated, I vowed, they'll never get to where they're going never be able to sit down and rest. God made that vow even though he'd finished his part before the foundation of the world. Somewhere it's written, God rested on the seventh day having completed his work. But in this other text, he says, they'll never be able to sit down and rest. So this promise has not yet been fulfilled. Those earlier ones never did get to to the place of rest because they were disobedient. God keeps renewing the promise and setting the date as today. Just as he said he did in David's psalm centuries later than the original invitation. Today, please listen. Don't turn a deaf ear. She's good, hey? I think I might keep her. So the writer in Hebrews is, is speaking to an audience that's very familiar with the story of the Israelites. God's people who uh, are promised rest, are promised the promised land, that he's their special, they're his special people. And yet a whole generation walks 40 years and never experiences the peace and rest and the promise of God. 
I do not want, in Jesus' name, I do not want you to walk your Christian life in, in anxiety and stress. That I want you to experience, Jesus wants you to experience peace. I'm going to talk about three windows today that are going to help you enter the rest of God in your life. If you just jump to the next slide, thanks. The first window is the wilderness window. The wilderness window, there's times where you, this is, the wilderness window is about saying, this is my location. This is where I am. Yes, it's difficult. I don't know what your wilderness is right now. I feel like taking my jacket off, rolling my sleeves up. But I don't know what your wilderness is right now. Like whether or not your wilderness is a financial wilderness, like there's just not enough money to pay the bills that you've got to pay. That's stressful. It creates stress. I don't know if, if your kids are doing crazy stuff and they're not walking with the Lord. Stressful. Or your marriage is strained. There's things happening that you like and you feel like the wind and the waves and it's crashing. Whatever. The wilderness window is about saying, this is my location. This is what's happening. It's not about denial. It's saying, but it's saying, I'm going to open up a window and I'm going to look to where I'm going. This is where I am, but this is not where I'm staying. I am not going to be wrapped up and bound up in stress and fear. I'm going to open up a window. It says, hear his voice. It says, don't turn a deaf ear. You know, when my kids were really little, you know, you 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 see the baby being passed from person to person. And then it gets to mum or dad. It's like mum just speaks and peace comes. One of the things that's going to open that window for you is search out a word from God. Search out what God is saying. Clear the way. Get around people that have a message for you. Get around people that have a word of God for you. Look to Jesus. You can be in that storm. Look to Jesus. Open the window. Look to Jesus. One of the things that can happen when you're in a wilderness is it says don't harden your heart in here. It says don't harden your heart. And one of the things that can happen when you're in a wilderness time, and we all know wilderness times. We all know times where it's like, it's hard. I'm not, I'm not discounting that. Our hearts can get hard. And one of the reasons in John, 1 John 4, 18, it says, There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. One of the lies, one of the greatest lies of the enemy is that you're disqualified. Now, I don't care if the season you're living in right now is, is the result of your bad choices. Like you might have made some mistakes and you're living out the consequences of those choices. And maybe it's a good, maybe they're good choices. Maybe you decided to have seven children and you're living out the result of that choice. And there's a bit of craziness. There's a bit of struggle. I don't know, but the biggest lie is that in this, that you're in this wilderness because you're being disqualified. You're disqualified. God's, you, you've been overlooked. Ah, we're already there. David had been overlooked. He'd been left out in in the paddock with the sheep. I really want you to get this today. 
really want you to get this because it's going to set you free. You're not being disqualified. Like whatever the reason you're in the season you're in right now, you are being qualified for Goliath. You are being qualified. The things that you are going to conquer in this season are going to be the very reason that you can be walking on the battlefield and see a Goliath and say, I know that I can take him because of what I've been through in my wilderness time. Who believes that? I believe that there are giant killers in this place. I believe that God is calling you guys to take out giants. You need to endure the pain of the paddock. You need to endure the pain of being in that place. Where where do you think David wrote all these psalms? Where do you think David learned to be with the Lord? The lion and the bear are yours in this season. Take them. Next window, if we just jump to the next slide. The wounded window. I've known wounds, and I'm not unique in that. I'm not unique in that I've been hurt, but I've been hurt. At the age of 20, I had a massive breakdown. I was a, I was a lovely Christian kid, and I loved the Lord, and I got married at 20, and my, my sweetheart, and, and then at the age of 20, I just had a massive breakdown, and, and I lost everything. I lost the wife, I lost the house, I lost the dog. I was wounded. But I want to tell you, if I'd allowed that to be my window, if I'd allowed that to be my story, if I had everything, because we can do that. We can look, everything we're doing, everything, everything we're motivated is going through this lens of I'm wounded. I'm a victim. I wouldn't be standing here today married to a wonderful lady with seven children if I'd allowed that to be my window. No way. If we look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, since then we have a, a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not serve a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. But we have one who in every respect has been tempted as we are. If we go back and we look at Hebrews 4, 11 to 15, it says, therefore strive again, again, this Hebrew guy, this Hebrew writer is pushing. He's going, enter in, enter in, enter in, stop being disqualified, enter in, enter in. He says this, therefore let us strive to enter that rest so that none of you may fall short for the same disobedience. For the word of God, it's sort of this strange, sort of like, what, where does that come from? It says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the divide of soul and spirit. It's like, oh, what does that mean? I believe that some of you are so stuck with your soul's pain. You're so stuck with, with where you've been and what you've done. That the only thing that is going to get you from your soul place to the realm of the spirit where you can touch into God. The only thing that's going to get you from your disqualification outside the curtain to where you can enter into the holy of holies. You can boldly enter the throne room of God. The only thing that's going to be able to divide those two things and separate you from your pain and separate you from the things that are disqualifying you is a word from God. I remember... 
a little while, a long while ago, but I was in pain. I've shared just a snippet of my, my testimony with you today, but I was in pain. I was angry. And my window was definitely my wounds. My window was definitely how badly I had been hurt, how much I was disappointed. I remember saying to God, God, this is all your fault. And I was talking about Adam and Eve. I was talking about the sperm and the egg. I was talking about the whole thing. Like, I didn't want to be here. I didn't ask to be here. You did this. This is your fault. And God said, the word of God that was able to sever that pain for me was, I'll cop that. God sometimes, I don't know if he speaks to you in normal language sometimes, but it was like, he's like, I'll cop that. And he showed me this picture that I'd drawn for a, a children's book of Jesus on the cross. Yes, we need a wounded window. Absolutely. We absolutely need a wounded window. Not our wounds. Not our wounds. The window that we need is his wounds. To see his wounds. That we are qualified. That he stands between the wrath of God and us. And he divides that and he says, Father, Father, you're good with them. You're good with him. And he brings us together because of his wounds. The question you need to ask in this place is not why have I been wounded? Why have I been hurt? Why am I struggling in this financial wilderness? Why am I struggling? Why am I being hurt? Why did they reject me? Why did they leave me? Why did... That's not the question you should be asking. The question you should be asking is, why would he do this for you? Why would he do this for you? We're going to have some ministry time today. And we're going to have some time where we just spend some time stepping into the peace of God, into the throne room of God. If we look at Hebrews 4, verse 16, if we just jump to the next slide. I'm leaving plenty of room today for us to just experience God's peace in this place. God wants to touch us with his peace. God doesn't want you wrestling with anxiety any longer. It's gone on too long. You've been robbed for too long. You've been told that you're disqualified for too long. This morning, you can be free from your anxieties. You can be free from your stresses. That we can, Hebrews 4 verse 16, the Hebrew writer finishes by saying this. He says, therefore, let us come boldly into the throne room of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Can I get the band to come? We're going to spend some time with the Lord today. Let us come boldly into the throne room of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in a a time of need. Guys, can you just be upstanding? Just posture your hearts. Lord God, I pray that today be a day that we step away from anxiety, that we step away from stress, that we open up a window to see your grace, that we open up a window to see Jesus is at perfect peace 
And that he has perfect peace for us in this place, God. Jesus, thank you, Jesus. If you are moved during this song to come and be prayed for, we're going to come and we're going to pray. We're going to see a breakthrough in your life today. Just as this song's playing, I just encourage you to come. If you've never made a decision for Jesus Christ, if you don't know what it is to walk with the Prince of Peace, if you don't know that you have Jesus on your boat, when all chaos is happening, if you don't know that Jesus is with you, I want to invite you today to make that decision. That if you're feeling moved today, that, that, that a word's been, and you know God's speaking to you. You know that God's pressing, your heart burns in your chest right now. I encourage you guys, come and be ministered to today. Come and receive peace for the journey. A grace in a time of need. Thanks, Joy.